The scripture lesson this morning comes from Paul's letter to the Romans, the seventh chapter, verses 15 through 25. Now I want to go ahead and warn y'all, Paul can get really confusing, especially in this particular passage. And as I was reading through it, preparing for the sermon, he had me totally confused too. So I pulled out a different translation. I pulled out the, the message by Eugene Peterson, and it puts it in some language that I think strikes a little closer to home for each of us. And so we're going to use that translation this morning. I can anticipate the response that is coming. I know that all God's commands are spiritual, but I'm not. Isn't this also your experience? Yes, I'm full of myself. After all, I've spent a long time in sin's prison. What I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but then I act another, doing things I absolutely despise. So if I can't be trusted to figure out what is best for myself and then do it, it becomes obvious that God's command is necessary. But I need something more. For if I know the law but still can't keep it, and if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. I realize that I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't really do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. My decisions, such that they are, don't result in actions. Something's gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. It happens so regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. I truly delight in God's commands, but it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in in that delight. Parts of me covertly rebel. And just when I least expect it, they take charge. I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? The answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. He acted to set things right in this life of contradictions where I want to serve God with all my heart and mind, but am pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. This is the word of the Lord. It's the same old dialogue that we all have with ourselves. I told Allie what the scripture for this week would be, and she just smiled and looked at me and said, That's you. <laughs> I have a problem. I didn't realize I had this problem. See, it wasn't a problem for me until Allie pointed it out. It's kind of my fault, but maybe not. Maybe it's my parents' fault. After all, when I was growing up, they did my laundry and never taught me how to do it. And then again, maybe it's my grandparents' fault. When I went to college, they did my laundry for me there, too. I'd drop it off on Monday afternoons and return on Wednesday evenings for clean clothes and a home-cooked meal. For whatever reason, Allie seems to think that this lack of proficiency I have of doing laundry is all my fault. I know I should do it. It stares at me all throughout the week. That mound of dirty clothes just continues to grow in the corner of our bedroom. It mocks me. So for the sake of our marriage and because we would prefer that you not have to smell us anytime we come anywhere near you, Allie usually does the laundry. She's great at it. Now before y'all start thinking I don't do anything around the house, I'm an amazing cook. So that's my job. I cook. Allie launders. Life is good. Except for those occasional times. When Allie needs to go do something else, and she isn't able to get all of the laundry finished. Then she politely asked me to go get the notebook, 
my to-do list, and she watches as, she's tell, as she tells me to write down, do the laundry. It's an actual to-do list, so I can't forget. She did that this past weekend. It wasn't much laundry. Somebody had stayed with us the previous week in the downstairs bedroom, and we needed to get those sheets washed. Well, she went ahead and washed them, and she said, Josh, I'm leaving. Write it down. Move the stuff in the washer to the dryer and put those sheets on the bed downstairs. My job was just to dry them. I didn't even have to wash them. And then put them on the bed. Well, she told me this on Sunday morning, and so I went to work immediately. As soon as she left, I put those sheets in the dryer, I turned the dial on the, uh, the, the dryer, and then on Wednesday afternoon, Allie and I both discovered those same sheets in the dryer. I knew I had failed. I had one job to do, one simple job, and I couldn't get it done. And it'd be one thing if this was a single occurrence in our household, but my track record of getting laundry done is less than stellar. She looked at me rather accusingly, and do you know what my first response was? It wasn't me. I don't know who I thought it would have been. It's not like somebody broke into our house, took those clean sheets off the bed, and put them back in the dryer. But my first response was, it wasn't me. After I had put those sheets in the dryer and turned the dial, I never thought about it again. And my only response was one that made no sense at all. What do you have in your life that keeps on creating that response in you? It wasn't me. We've all got something, right? It seems to be a part of this human condition that we get to deal with. We have things in our life that we keep doing that we know we shouldn't do. We've got things in our life that we know we should do that we just can't seem to do. Adam struggled with it. Eve struggled with it. All of Israel struggled with it. All throughout the Old Testament, we hear the words of God coming from the different prophets, telling the people what they should do and what they shouldn't do, and what the consequences would be if they did those things or if they didn't do those things. And over and over, they get it wrong. We move on to the Gospels, and we see the disciples continuously struggling with the same things over and over and over again. In the Tuesday morning Bible studies, Johnny and Hank tend to bring up this idea of the disciples. The disciples. They just can't get it right. So we're just like them. We know what we're supposed to do. And then when we get time to do it, we sit there and look around like, duh, what do I do? We just keep messing up. And worse than that, when we start messing up, we start making excuses for why we can't get it right. It's the same excuses every time. A comedian from the 60s and 70s, Flip Wilson, became famous for his routine, The Devil Made Me Do It. If y'all haven't seen these, you can go back on YouTube and look at them. They're hilarious. In these various routines, he makes light of this inability that we seem to have as humans to do what we know is right. And the efficiency that we seem to possess in doing what we know we shouldn't. We blame it on the devil. We blame it on sin. We say, I'm only human. What do you expect? How many times recently have you said that? I'm only human. How many times have you heard other people say that? I'm only human. You see it on TV all the time. I'm only human. What do you expect? Well, that's what Paul's talking about here in Romans. He's got this struggle going on inside of himself. You can hear the two distinct voices coming from him. You hear the spiritual part of him that knows what's right, knows what's wrong. And you hear the human part of him that's just frustrated because he can't seem to be getting it right. 
So Paul starts having this inner dialogue with himself back and forth. He says that if we can't figure out what we need to do and then do it, then we absolutely need God to give us the law, to give us the commands. But the problem with this law and with these commands is that it doesn't seem that we can follow them. No matter how hard we try, we can't follow these commands. He says, something's gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. Do y'all ever feel that way? I know I feel that way a lot. Something's clearly gone wrong that keeps me from being able to do the laundry. Something's gone wrong that keeps me from being kind to certain people. Something's gone wrong that makes me yell at people when they cut me off in traffic. There's a lot of things that is, it seems like something's just gone wrong. So what are we to do with this? How are we to fix this problem? How are we to figure out how to fix this problem? Well, the best way to figure this out is to look back at what caused the problem to begin with. For Paul and for us, we need to go back to the very beginning. We have to go back to when things were right. We have to remember the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden with God. Everything was great. It was perfect. And part of that perfection was God creating us with free will. With the ability to choose what it is that we will or what we won't do. To be created in God's image means that since God can choose what it is that God will or won't do, we can too. God knew when He created us that He wasn't in the business of being a puppet master. He didn't need us as toys to control and to play with. He created us because He wanted to be in a relationship with each one of us. And for a real relationship to happen, there has to be that freedom to choose whether we want to be in that relationship with God or not. He's not forcing us. And for God to give us that freedom is the ultimate sign of love that He has for us. But Adam and Eve, they chose something different. The devil didn't make them do it, no matter what excuse they tried to give God. They just chose a chance at being something other than what God created them to be. And with that choice came a change. Our entire existence has become warped. In a sense, we're exactly who God created us to be, but in other ways, we still are who we are because of the consequences of that original sin. This tension, this life of contradictions, as Paul puts it, comes from that initial choice that we made in the garden to turn from God to something else. That's the reason that we get to live with these struggles that we have. That's the reason some of us have trouble being kind to certain people. That's the reason some of us know we can and should spend more time with our families, but we choose to spend it elsewhere. That's the reason why some of us know we should work on curbing whatever addiction it is that's got control of us, but we continue slipping back into its control every time. It's the reason why I struggle with laundry. Things just aren't the way they should be because of sin. Because of these things, we find ourselves little by little pushing God away. Every time we look at someone struggling to make it and think, I'm glad I'm not them, instead of helping them, we push God away. How many times in the last week or two have we had the opportunity to do something that would make someone else's life better, but found an excuse to keep on moving on as if nothing ever happened? What excuses do you use to try to make that inner dialogue inside of your heart go away? The biggest excuse that I tend to have and have heard many of the folks here and elsewhere use is, I don't have time. It's a lack of time that we think we have. 
This is the only day I've got for me time. I have to deal with my family the rest of the week. I have to deal with work the rest of the week. I have to deal with everything else. I just don't have time. Let's be honest for a minute. We all have time to help each other. We all have time to smile at strangers in the midst of this world that seems to try to steal every smile it can away from people. We all have time to do what we know is right. We all have time to stop doing what we know is wrong. We all have time to love our God. We've got time to love each other. And we've got time to love ourselves. Work is no excuse. Kids are no excuse. God has plenty of work and plenty of kids. And He keeps finding new ways to show His love to the world. That's an example that I know we all want to follow. It's a love that we all want to respond to, but no matter how hard we try, we just keep falling short. It's frustrating, isn't it? It's frustrating to know that there's something in your life that you just keep doing that you really don't want to do. You know you shouldn't do. It's frustrating to know that there's lots of things in your life that you know you need to do, but keep finding time to do other things instead. What are we to do? When we keep looking at what Paul's telling us here, we see that Paul comes to a question that seems to answer this whole dialogue he's having with himself. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Is there no one who can do anything for me to help me? He's at the end of his rope. Paul has had enough of messing up. Is there no one who can help him? And his answer... Thank God. Thank God that Jesus Christ can and does and has. He acted to set things right in this life of contradictions where I want to serve God with all my heart and mind, but am pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. Folks, the answer is grace. We aren't going to get it all right. We're going to struggle with doing what we know we should do and not doing it. We're going to end up doing things that we promised God day after day after day and find ourselves promising God again today that we won't do again. But every time we fail and we realize it, every time we fail and we feel bad about it, every time we fail and decide not to do it again and to try to do better, we get to be showered in God's grace. We get to know it's going to be okay. And you know why it's going to be okay? It's going to be okay because God saw us struggling. He knew that we wanted to do and to be better. We wanted to follow Him and stop messing up the same way day after day, over and over again. And as much as it hurt us to know that we kept failing and didn't seem to have a way to stop, it hurt God too. It hurt Him to know that we were hurting. So He came to us as one of us. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to come and get life right, to show us and teach us how we are to live in relationship with one another and with the God who made us and loves us. But all throughout His life, throughout His time with us, Jesus could look around and see that just being an example wasn't going to cut it. It wasn't going to be enough to transform the heart of this warped creation. Jesus knew that the only way to fix our brokenness was by grace. By love that we could never earn. Folks, love can do miracles. Love can put things right. Love can straighten out a world that seems to be twisted. So Jesus went to the cross to die. 
so that we could be washed by God's grace. He died so that God might know the fullness of human pain and suffering. Three days later, God raised His Son to a new life. A life that had defeated death. So that we, God's children, might experience the hope and the joy that comes from knowing that our Savior, our King, can defeat the one thing that none of us could. He has defeated our brokenness. And because He has, we can too. We don't need all of those excuses that we try to use. The world still isn't perfect. Creation isn't quite finished. But God has given us another chance to get it right in Jesus' name. In a few moments, we'll gather together here at Christ's table. And we'll eat, and we'll remember all that God has done for each of us. And we'll experience the grace of God through bread and through juice. Such ordinary things that become something extraordinary when they're blessed by God. Folks, we're as ordinary and broken as anything else in this world. But because of what Jesus has done, because we have been blessed by His work, because we have been blessed by the grace of God, and because of the power of the Holy Spirit, we too can be extraordinary. Just like this bread, just like this juice. God can bless us and raise us to something better than we ever could imagine. That's what God is calling us to do. To be better. To do better. God is calling us to a higher standard. To be perfect as our Father in Heaven is perfect. We might not get everything right in this life. That's okay. But the question I want to leave each of you with is this. Will I cling to God's grace and keep trying to get it right? Or will I keep giving in and making excuses? God's grace is greater than anything we can do. It's greater than anything that we refuse to do. That's a big deal. That's comfort. That's power. That is an amazing life. Amen.